Welcome to episode 28 of the Truth and Dare podcast. Today we are talking about feeling disconnected and uprooted from pretty much everything in our lives. Before we get started, we are going to do our review of the week, but we just want to say earlier this week we did a call for help on our Instagram stories to help get us to 80 reviews on iTunes. You guys really showed up to the call. You answered it and you dropped us five new reviews. It's really cool when you guys do that because we feel super connected to you and it makes us feel like we're able to reach out and communicate in a way that's receptive to both of us. And um, it's just awesome. So thanks for showing up. We really appreciate it. So um, in the spirit of gratitude, we are going to review Silly Millie 33. Silly Millie 33 says, work it women. Thank you for putting yourselves out there to bring women together. Your hard work is changing lives and the future of women. Keep connecting, soul sisters. We love that review. Remember, if you want to be the review of the week, head on over to iTunes, click the review button, search us in your podcast, drop us some love, and who knows, maybe we'll reach 100 reviews in the next couple of weeks. Um, before we get started, just remember, you can find all of our show notes, blog posts, tools, and resources over at truthanddaremovement.com. Welcome to Truth and Dare, a podcast dedicated to female empowerment through living our truth and daring to change. Hi, I'm Carly Talbot. And I'm Allie Van Fossen. Okay, so like we start off every episode with our slug in the honey, this episode we need to give a disclaimer. The entire conversation is one giant fucking slug rolling in the thickest honey. Um, As many of you know, Carly and I are Floridians and we just went through Hurricane Irma and it's creating all sorts of feelings of disconnection and uprooted from our daily routines and habits and feeling connected and living our truth and daring to change. So today's conversation is going to be a bit on the rant side and just letting out our frustrations in hopes that you know it's not all glitter and rainbows and unicorns ever here. And we always want to be vulnerable and share what's truly going on behind the scenes. Of course, next week we'll have another motivational talk for you, but right now we're just going to get real with you and tell you what's going on in our lives and share the current snapshot of what's unfolding. Amen to that. I mean, things have just been really crazy and Ali and I, you know, had to cancel a couple of interviews that we had coming up and the schedule for the show just got all discombobulated and we didn't know what to talk about. And we we're like, hold on, wait a minute. Our lives are a shit show. Why don't we just talk about that? So that's what brought us here today. Um, I'm just going to kick it off with how things have been down here in Florida. Allie and I both are currently living on the West Coast of Florida and we lived right in the trajectory of the eye of the hurricane. Now, Allie was in Hawaii on vacation, and I was in Florida, and my family and I chose not to evacuate. I'm sure some people probably think we're crazy, but the logistics of leaving um, with the time that we had just didn't make sense. So we decided to stick it out. And um, 
it was just really stressful. The few days leading up to it were insane. The people are like making you feel like your entire house is going to basically be like pummeled to the ground. You're going to lose everything. There's going to be a storm surge of 10 feet. Everything you have is going to be gone. There's a lot of sensationalism in the media, family from out of town, blowing up your phone, making you feel like it's a death wish for staying. And I mean, it's a very serious thing. Don't get me wrong. But all of those outside forces don't really help make a stressful situation any easier. So um, I ended up evacuating to this warehouse style store that's in Fort Myers where I live. It's um, a store where my fiance's uncle is the general manager. And it's this huge warehouse that sells boats and ATVs and motorcycles and like all these crazy giant toys. And we ended up going there with my family and Mike's family. And there were a few other people there. And we couldn't have been more thankful for the space. Oh my God. Sorry. My phone just went off. You guys, amateur hour. But we couldn't have been more thankful for this space. Um, We felt really safe and protected. But we were in there with 20 people for two days. I mean, you're eating peanut butter. Like, it's raining. Everyone's freaking out. There's like a safe room. There's like, a, what if the roof blows off? There's like multiple dogs, dogs pooping on the floor. I mean, thank God we were in a shelter with 8,000 people, like some other people in Fort Myers. I mean, we were truly blessed to be able to stay here. Um, it couldn't have been a better situation, but it's just stressful leaving your home. Definitely. And then watching from Hawaii, all of that sensationalism and pandemonium unfold, which I could just feel through social media and talking to my whole family also lives in Florida. And I have family on the West Coast that evacuated to the East Coast and my parents evacuated from Georgia. I mean, it really implicated the entire state and beyond. And so watching it from Hawaii, I was actually really fortunate and blessed, I feel, to not be here. Luckily, we had neighbors help clean up our home and put everything inside. But it was almost better to not have to be here in the thick of the stress and um, the confusion of whether to evacuate or not. But from our point of view in Hawaii, we had a different stressor, which Carly was obviously involved in, but our brand new sailboat, Alfie, that is currently sitting in storage in Antigua, of all places, where Irma crashed down upon when she first made landfall. And it's so interesting because when we flew down there, Myers and I, and bought the boat, they hadn't been hit by a hurricane in 300 years. My sister Googled it. It had been since the Revolutionary War. And um, so we thought, great, the boat is safe here. It's in a hurricane cradle. They never get hit by a hurricane. And then what do you know? the largest storm or one of the largest storms recorded in the Atlantic Ocean is heading straight towards that island. And so the days leading up to it were just really stressful knowing that all of our money, all of our life savings, everything that Myers and I have worked towards and this dream of two years that we've been manifesting and have willed into reality is now being challenged. And um it was hard and it was it was hard to watch Myers because I could tell how stressed he was, but typical man, he was kind of holding it all in. And I just saw him refreshing the radar like every three minutes for three days. 
And the night of the storm hitting, it was really the perfect circumstances that kept the boat safe. Um, Irma hit Bermuda, which basically pummeled the entire island. No one lives there now. There was only about 1,600 people there, but they're all off the island now. The island is uninhabitable. But the storm hit 50 miles north of where our boat was. Our boat was on the south side of the island. We got the south side of the eye wall. So we got like 80 mile an hour winds versus 185 mile an hour winds. And the boat's in a really great storage facility and it's a strong, big boat. So all of those factors led to the boat being safe. We got in touch with the boatyard and our broker really quickly and we felt really at ease that we got the news that Alfie was okay. And then meanwhile, you have Irma continuing on her destructive path now towards our second home in Florida and towards all of our family members and our friends. So it was a rough time to be on vacation. Like I said, part of me was blessed to not be in the pandemonium, but then part of me was really anxious and stressed about like not having contact with our boat and our family and friends and our home. So yeah, it's just been a huge clusterfuck. I know. It's been so crazy. And um, no matter where you were when it happened, it was just so stressful. You could feel it through the internet. You could feel it if you were here physically. And I think it transcended through all of those waves. Um, and it's it's led us to where we are. Here we are. It's been a week since the hurricane hit. And um, we're all over the place, you guys. You know, I mean, usually we're here. We're preaching to live your truth and dare to change and be the best you that you can be. And we are off the freaking wagon. So you know where we were when Irma hit and how we felt about the storm coming. And it was scary. But when you're raised in Florida and you grow up in the swamplands, I think you have a little bit of backbone in you. (laughs) Definitely. And I mean, right as we speak, I still don't have power. We're running off a generator. Carly just got her power back last night after, what, eight days? Mm -hmm. And no one has Wi-Fi. So it's just been a tough transition. And on one hand, I'm thankful for it because a lot of what we just experienced will be what we experienced while living on the boat. We'll be running a generator every day to power the boat. We won't have AC. We'll have fans. Um, We'll be taking quick cold showers. And it'll be very similar in that way. Like we were living out of a cooler, getting bags of ice. Yes, we'll have a refrigerator, but it's a very small refrigerator. So it was a little slice of living on the boat but we didn't ask for it. So it's hard to put yourself into that mental space and be ready for it when you didn't choose to be there. And I think that's what has kind of thrown us um, into the fork of the road and kind of gone down the path of falling off the wagon, like you said. (laughs) Somebody help us get back on the wagon. Um, So as you guys know, if you listen to the podcast, um, you know that we did a a 30-day cleanse in the month of August and we're on this like – crazy health kick and we're like doing so well. So um, yeah, we basically threw the health cleanse out the window where it's smashed to a million little pieces on the side of the road. Our health has really taken a backseat. Um, aside from the fact that I was out of my home in a warehouse for two days and then out of power for seven days and Allie was out of town for like two weeks. Um. That sort of resulted in completely throwing us off of our food game. I mean, we've been eating out 
almost every meal, even being down here when you don't have power, there's only so much food that you can eat. So you go out, you go out to eat. So all of that like dreamy world of no cheese and no gluten and no processed foods is couldn't be further from our reality. Um, both of us have fallen victim to incorporating all of those foods back in our diet and we are freaking feeling it, you guys. On top of that, I mean, I don't know about you, Allie, but I am basically like back in college and um, drinking beer like it's my job. It's like my professional career right now. I will say in Hawaii, we definitely indulged and I ate terribly while I was there. Granted, we were very active during the day, but two weeks of not being able to cook the food that you're used to and then coming home to that same predicament in your own home is taxing. And yeah, a lot of drinking alcohol, um, a lot of processed food, like you said, lots of dairy, lots of gluten. I mean, it's just been a whirlwind of bad health. Yeah. And it's showing on both our faces. We're both breaking out and we have a photo shoot this coming weekend. So we'll be definitely using the wonders of Photoshop and the editing process. But I think the hard part is we know how to bounce back from not eating healthy. We've both done it so many times, but the stress of not having a routine, I'm really feeling the lack of movement in my life. And this was happening before as well. I really wasn't taking it seriously, the whole movement practice that I constantly preach over in Journey Junkie Land and we preach here in Truth and Dare Land. And I think it's taking a toll on everything in my life right now that I'm not prioritizing a daily workout. It's so crucial to your brain's health, your body's health, helping you sleep better at night, um, just process everything on a clearer level. And it's really coming, becoming apparent that I need to work out and move my body and sweat. So I think for me, that's the biggest clencher. The other thing is, of course, we haven't had power or electricity. And so I've been living at Panera Bread for three days. I ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner at that place. And I never want to eat at a Panera again. I will say it really makes for some great people watching, but fuck, I am so sick of sitting somewhere that's not my space. And again, it was a great lesson for the boat because we won't have Wi-Fi. We're going to have to seek out places with Wi-Fi and sit in cafes for a day or two. But it's just, it's tough. And it was a good lesson for what we're going to have ahead of us. So I think just really being out of my, out of my routine has thrown me for a big loop and I'm feeling it. Body, Um, mind, and soul, all three levels. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I, the lack of a routine has been really weird. Like I just ditto to you with the exercise thing. And then on top of that, I don't know about you, but my sleeping has just been so whack. I mean, again, if you guys listen to us, you know, we talk about sleep schedules and we've both had challenges in the past with, you know, making sure we're sleeping well, sleeping enough, et cetera. And um, just like sleeping in beds that aren't yours and um, sleeping staying up super duper late and then trying to wake up early and then being in strange rooms. And it's just not conducive to a very beautiful, restful night's sleep. And so it's just like one routine, one thing piled on top of the other, piled on top of the other, piled on top of the other that have sort of gotten us to this almost a breaking point. And um, so our routines are pretty much shot. 
our health um, could really use a kick in the ass. Um, and on top of that, our, it's been challenging to work. I, I mentioned in the beginning of the episode that we had to cancel some interviews. Um, because of Irma, we had to cancel multiple interviews um, for the podcast. And it sort of sent our recording schedule haywire. Um, it's been hard to focus on the work that we're doing on our own when um, your personal life and situation is upside down. And on top of all of that, Allie pretty much launched her signature program, the Body, Mind, Soul program through the Journey Junkie. I mean, she she launched it in Hawaii, but I want to say you basically launched it at Panera Bread. <laughs> I mean, it was a cluster fuck. I was launching it the day I was leaving Hawaii. So the day I'm getting on a seven-hour flight, I purchased Wi-Fi on the plane, but we're going over an ocean. So the Wi-Fi is super shoddy. And I'm trying to answer as many questions as possible. And right now I'm a one-girl team and it's just a lot of stress. And when you work all year to open one specific program and you put so much time and effort into it, and then to be crossing an ocean and not be in communication with the people who are trying to buy from you is really stressful and really tough. And I'm dealing with jet lag and different time zones. And it's been um, an uphill climb to get this thing launched and to feel good about launching it. I mean, I was just telling Carly, we're actually together right now, but I was just telling her when I got here that it's been kind of a mind fuck, the whole launching of the program and you put so much time and effort into it. And it's like your self-worth is definitely all woven into your work that you put out. And that's really common of entrepreneurs and people who are giving themselves constantly. And to feel like people aren't purchasing from you and everyone has a different reason why they can't make a purchase but it it definitely hurts and it makes you feel like, why do I put so much effort forth? Why am I constantly giving and giving and giving? And then you feel like people don't reciprocate. And how will you sustain this level of energy and giving and without breaking the boundaries down? So that's definitely another topic for a later time. But just in general, the whole process of launching from Hawaii, crossing the ocean and living in Panera Bread has definitely thrown me for a whirlwind and I'm still off the wagon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard not to take that personally, Allie. And I think you're right. It's a podcast episode for a later date, but it's stressful and personal and, you know, your feelings are valid. So anyway, we just ran you through a current snapshot of our lives. So if you ever think that we are just like walking the truth in dare train and um, living our best life all the time, I hope that that helped you understand that we are human as fuck and we are not always perfect. Um, we want to share these moments with you guys because the purpose of this podcast is to be as open and honest as possible and to take what's going on in our lives and to share it with all of you. So that's kind of where we're at currently. Um, you know, moving forward, we've been facing some serious challenges and sort of some deep-rooted fears that have come up as we are in this disconnected space. And Ali and I had another conversation this morning about an unrelated topic, but essentially um, the conclusion was 
there's always something bigger that causes the emotions. So while we're feeling disconnected and uprooted, there are bigger factors at play that are leading us to feel so lost. It really is never the situation at hand, but usually a million little situations that sort of come to a head to create this feeling of lost and this feeling of displacement. And it's this really strong and scary feeling that we're both facing right now. Um, so I'm just going to kick this off. I think the first reason, and I know this rings true for both of us, that we feel so disconnected is because we honestly both feel homeless. And it's not because we don't have homes. I'm living with my parents in Fort Myers. Allie's living with Myers' mom in Venice. We're about an hour away from each other. Um, and we have wonderful places to rest our heads and wonderful families. It's just that in the midst of moving on the boat and quitting our jobs and postponing our trip, we ended up back home. And it's it's really hard to be living at home at this stage in our lives and to feel like we don't have anywhere to really feel rooted. At the same time, I personally feel like I'm homeless, but also very codependent at the same time because I've been living at home, which sort of brings up all of these old like childhood feelings and emotions. And it's a strange feeling to feel like your home is elsewhere, but you're not there yet. And um, yeah, we're both sort of in limbo. Totally. I couldn't agree more. And I had a full on breakdown, like hysterical crying in Hawaii after getting into an altercation with my mother-in-law and I was talking to Myers at a bar and then I just ended up crying there and crying in bed that I do feel so homeless. Um, Like Carly said, we have a really beautiful place to rest our heads, but we don't have a space of our own right now. We're living in someone else's home, even though they are family. You know, everyone runs their household differently and it's really this tough space to be in that we have a home, but it doesn't feel like our home. And then we have a home waiting for us on an island in the Caribbean that we are so unaccustomed to. We have no idea what it's going to feel like and be like to live on it. So that doesn't feel like home either. We're in this weird blank space of transition and we're in the middle of the transition. So we're about three months into it with two and a half more months to go. So I think we're just really feeling the thick of the transition and it's weighing on both of us and it's leading to altercations with parents and altercations with our fiancés and husband and furthering the disconnect and the feeling of being uprooted and like, I don't have anywhere that's mine right now. And it definitely feels shitty. And I can't even imagine for people who are in this space unwillingly. They didn't choose to be in this space, especially people that are survivors of either Harvey or Irma or any storm or any reason that you've been displaced from your life and your home. Like It's really a hard place to be and to continue to then bustle along with your health and your wealth and try to be your best self is it's almost a joke. You know, like how can you be your best self without having your roots planted. Um, And it's something that we talk about in the yoga practice so much when you work through the chakra system is the first chakra, your muladhara chakra, which is all about your feelings of belonging and security and your sense of well-being and your primal needs being met. 
And it's the first one for a reason. All of the other energetic centers rest atop of it. So when that root base is spinning out of control, it's depleted of energy or it's over-energized, it's just not in alignment, it throws off the whole system. So it's definitely no wonder that Carly and I are feeling all over the place in every facet of our lives because the root base, the strongest, most dense element of who we are is currently being challenged on every level and every front by our families, by mother nature, by future plans. I mean, the roots are everywhere. (laughs) Wow. Thank you for sharing that analogy. Actually, I just had a light bulb moment because I've been really challenged with feeling displaced and feeling, um, just a strong desire for my own space. So it makes sense that my root chakra would feel very unbalanced. So yeah, I appreciate that, Ali. <clears throat> anyway, um, that's where we're at with our homes. It's it's just a strange place to be in, you guys. And like Ali said, for anyone else feeling that way, we feel you. We're here for you. Um, and additionally, another fear that has come up for me and I think for Ali too, as we've gone through this strange feeling of displacement and up feeling uprooted is thinking about the boat, thinking about where we're going, where our future is living. As Ali just said, we have this home in the Caribbean, but we don't know anything about it. And um, I mean, I'm scared. It's like, I'm scared of being here. I'm scared of being there. I'm just filled with fear. I have these crazy thoughts all of the time. Like, should I be staying here and building my career? But like, what do I even care about what I'm doing? Do I even care? Am I going to hate living on the boat? Am I just going to be like throwing up and crying all the time from like seasickness? Um, are me and Allie and Myers and Mike going to just kill each other? Like just straight up murder each other? Um, is this a huge mistake? Is this the best decision of my life? I have this other insane fear that like everybody close to me is going to just like drop dead when I'm gone and I'm never going to see them again because I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere. Crazy, crazy shit, you guys. No, but totally valid because we are traveling into completely unknown, uncertain territory that we've never lived in. Carly and I have never lived on a boat. I haven't even slept on a sailboat overnight. And I know that sounds so insane that we're committing to a whole new lifestyle having never done it. But I think there's this huge reward for someone who's willing to take a risk and really travel into uncharted territory, but it's going to come with a price. I mean, I think we're going to have a huge learning curve. The first 90 days, I think, are going to be a major love-hate Um so many challenges are going to happen, so many frustrations. I assume a lot of tears and a lot of just struggle and frustration, I think, between the men and two couples trying to live together and adjusting to a new lifestyle. So I think your fears are so valid. And I think the crazy fears are just a byproduct of the whole situation that we're going through right now. You know, you're being, you're close to your family right now. You're going to see them a lot and now you're going to be away from them you know, without a lot of communication, but it's not much different from you living in Maine and living on the other side of the country and still having to get on a plane flight. So I think the reality of you not being able to come to your family's side if something were to unfold is a little far-fetched unless we're crossing the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) But the fears are real around this new lifestyle. I mean, 
Yeah, I think that's for anyone though, right? Like when you make a huge major life change that's testing every single thing you've ever known or are used to, and now you have to learn all new habit habits and patterns, like how could you not be afraid? It would be weird if we weren't afraid, yeah? Yeah, you're right. And I actually think that the fear means we're doing the right thing. Like if we weren't scared and it was super comfortable, then it wouldn't be right. And we both know that fear and growth and um, transformation don't really come without adversity. Exactly. And I think me and you could easily settle into moving to St. Petersburg or moving to some idyllic location and renting homes nearby one another and building our online careers and furthering our education and furthering our connection with our communities. However, I think that would be really comfortable and easy to do. Um, It wouldn't be much different than what we're doing right now, except we'd have our own home. So I think there's this level of need that you and I have and our husbands that we want to go explore. We want to experience new cultures and see new places and really test what the human body, mind, and soul are capable of achieving and going through. At least I can speak for myself, but I think I'm speaking for you too. Um, I'm not really ready to just settle down into a brick and mortar place and keep doing what I'm doing just in my own space that I get to decorate and choose how to run the household. You know, like I'm ready and scared to not know anything. Yeah. I mean, me too. Like the excitement of the unknown far surpasses the fear. And I thank God that we have each other to go through this journey with and that we see the world in the same way. So it's nice to be here with you, girl. Definitely. So those are some of the biggest fears that um, popped up for us as we try to sort through these feelings. And again, um, we just want to say if you're feeling if you have an overwhelming emotion of some kind, anger, displacement, frustration, um, comparison, try to unpack it and understand that a lot of times there are a lot of little things that have built up into this bigger emotion. I think um, breaking down our feelings and being able to come at them from a very holistic perspective allows us to um, be uh, more self, more centered people. It makes us more aware people. It makes us better communicators and, um, it makes us just better, uh, partners and it just helps us understand where our emotions are coming from. So I can't stress enough that if you're feeling, um, an overwhelming emotion to maybe get out your journal or have somebody that you can talk to, to try to break down what you're feeling into smaller steps because, 90% of the time, there's going to be 8,000 other reasons why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, and it has nothing to do with with the actual emotion. Heard and agree, girlfriend. So what do we plan to do about feeling completely displaced, disconnected, and uprooted? Um, Of course, we have to leave you with what our thoughts are and what our plans are because like we always preach, it's about getting back on the path, um, falling off the wagon, and getting back up again over and over and over, falling into the valley of honey, climbing up to your peak, falling back, and it's this continual process that we're going to go through for the rest of our lives. So number one, Before the storm, Carly and I had planned what we are calling the self-care project. 
Essentially, we brainstormed a podcast topic called Demystifying Self-Care Rituals. And we went to write the outline for the podcast and we felt like frauds because while we do uphold a higher standard of health and well-being, our self-care has taken a major backseat. And the reality is we couldn't really share from a place of authenticity to outline a podcast episode. It would just be fake. And so we brainstormed a two to three week experiment where we would pick certain things to do every single day. You know, we each listed five things that we constitute as self-care, journaling, movement, um, meditation, going for a walk, restorative yoga poses. It could be anything that works for you, right? And we're going to do these things once a day for three weeks. We're going to record how we feel and then come back and brainstorm the podcast episode and bring it to you. So that is still on the table, especially now that we're getting power back. But I think that is going to really help us reroute, um, ground down, reconnect, and pull the different pieces of ourselves back into one whole space and one whole being. So that is definitely on the docket for how to get our roots back and how to get them firmly planted again, the self-care project. Amen. Yeah, there is no way we could have done that podcast. And we want to be as honest and open as possible and not be preaching things that we're not practicing. And uh, yeah, clearly we're not practicing that now, but we're going to get there. The reason Ali and I so often um, come to these conclusions of 30-day cleanses or three-week self-care project, um, essentially timelines, is because discipline um, and a schedule can really help you regain control. It's very easy when you're um, lost, especially when it comes to your health and yourself, um, mind, body, soul health I'm talking about, to just go off the deep end and it's very hard to reel it back in. For Ali and I here at Truth and Dare, we find that when we give ourselves a very structured plan to follow in order to help us get back on track, um, our chances of success are much higher because not only are we um, being held to a certain standard to follow um, a set schedule, but um, we're supported by that schedule. We know that we have a certain amount of days to do it. The schedule supports us. We support it. And sometimes you need that those very rooted um, timelines in order to help you get to where you want to be. So if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking that your life is a shit show too, whether it's from a hurricane or your boyfriend's crazy or your mom's crazy or everything in between. Think about giving yourself a set amount of time to get back on the wagon. I can't tell you how helpful this has been for Allie and I. Um, every time we fall off, I feel like we keep coming back to these places of, of schedules. So maybe think about incorporating that um, into your future routine. Definitely. And I was just talking to Myers about this last night when I was in my pity party of attaching my self-worth to the, my sales of the Body, Mind, Soul program and how it makes you start to go down this downward spiral of self-doubt and insecurity and fear and comparison. And I was saying to him, I just feel like a fraud, like I'm talking the talk and not walking the walk. I've had all these goals of cultivating new routines and habits like meditation and journaling and 
having a concrete morning routine that doesn't involve technology and a bedtime routine, but I don't do it. And his answer to me was that's because creating new habits and routines is one of the hardest things as human beings. And it really truly is. However, that schedule that you're talking about, Carl, is what motivates us and creates this container of, I think, confidence and clarity and um, streamlined efforts, right? Because if you don't have exactly what you're supposed to do, at least this is how my brain works and how your brain works, um, it won't get done for me. Like if I just say, oh, do a self-care thing every day, I'm not going to do it. I need to know what self-care thing I'm choosing to do. Am I laying with my legs up the wall that day? Am I going for a walk on the beach? Am I doing three pages of stream of consciousness writing in the journal? You know, I have to be someone who lays out exactly what's going to happen in order for me to actually pursue it. And it's okay. And it's expected that people operate in different fashions. But for me, providing that, providing and creating that container of a scheduled idea of what we're going to do and what we want to achieve. God, you're right. It is so helpful and it's really motivating and it helps you achieve what you want to create in your life. Amen. Beautifully said. Um, The last thing that we're going to do to continue to get reconnected from our disconnection is um, we're going to keep being open about it. You know, again and again and again, we say the more vulnerable we are, the better we feel, um, the more open and honest other people are, the more receptive people are, um, and the more we're able to actually accomplish because we're being truthful and we are, in effect, living our truth. We're going to keep sharing. We're going to keep telling you guys the truth about our situation. We're going to talk about what's working and what's not working when we're falling off the wagon and when we're trying to get back up because life is about sharing the reality. It's not about sharing a picture-perfect image of unrelatable fairy tale land where everything is great and you do everything perfectly and you never have any problems. We have a ton of problems. I mean, shit, we just spent 40 minutes talking about our problems. But we're going to keep doing that. And um, we truly believe that every single conversation we have like this helps us heal, helps us get stronger, helps us feel better, and um, helps us be better leaders in this truth and dare community and in this truth and dare movement. So we're not going to stop. If you find it annoying, you might just have to find another podcast because we're going to keep going on like this. So to those of you who support this rant style um, communication, we thank you. We thank you deeply for letting us show up in this space as we are with all of our issues, with all of our insecurities. Um, and allowing us to work through them over the mic with you every week. Um, it truly helps us become better people. And we hope deeply that these conversations invoke a sense of healing in you too. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much for ending it on that note, babe. So remember, if this conversation or any conversation that you listen to is really creating inspiration within you to heal, to change, to create Um, that truth and dare style of living. We have a journal prompt that goes out every week 
alongside our new podcast episode. If you want to journal with us, you can sign up at our website, truthanddaremovement.com. You'll be sent an email reminder that a new conscious conversation is ready for you to listen to, as well as your journal prompt and an incredible related blog post that Carly so lovingly writes. So again, you can find that at truthanddaremovement.com. Again, thank you guys so much for showing up and doing the work alongside us. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.